0: Vasavi. We are here. Welcome to The Fear Alchemist. And for everyone who is now just tuning in for the first time, I'm excited that you're here to meet me, to meet Vasavi. Don't call her Vas yet, as, as she, we can get into that story just for a quick second. But thank you all for being here. If you haven't already, please subscribe, follow, rate all the things on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and The amazing Vasavi has a new book um, coming out, or it is already out by the time you're listening to this. It's called Say It Out Loud. And we are going to dive into what that means and how it relates to fear, because it definitely does very much so. But Vasavi, thank you for being here.
1: Ben, you have made me laugh so far, and I'm already loving this conversation. A man that can make me laugh. I have my full, he has my full attention. So thank you for making (laughs) me laugh. You're so funny. You have such a great sense of humor that I'm just starting to mm. learn about you. Like it's very dry. It's sarcastic <laughs> just the way I like it. Uh, so yes, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here with you.
0: Yeah, it yeah. is very dry. I appreciate that. It is. Yeah. And sometimes people like just don't get it. So you get it and I appreciate it. And That's, because I
1: so That's because I'm You're smart. That's because I'm smart. It, it, it takes intelligence to understand dry humor. And
0: it does. I actually appreciate yeah. that even more. So... <laughs> Um, you and I are the same. And as far as just like the typical introductions, we don't really like doing. Mm -hmm. So, but I am curious for people just to get to know you a little bit. Why did you write Say It Out Loud? I think that's the way that... Obviously, people are going to get to know you throughout this conversation. But I feel like starting like why you wrote wrote the book and what it means to you, we can just start there.
1: I wrote this book, I used to say to my parents when we were when we were kids, my sister and I I have an older sister who's four years older. I could hear my parents arguing from the living room when I was in my bedroom and I just try to sleep. And my sister and my older sister would be like, just shut up. Don't go out there. And I'm like, no, they need to stop. Like I'm trying to sleep. My older sister would be like, just basically shut the hell up. Don't, don't, don't rock the boat, you know? But I remember scurrying out into, we had a, like a, like a TV room. It was a big room in the back of the house. And They would just be fighting there because it was at the very back of the house. So they didn't think that we could hear them. But my Mm. mom has a a set of pipes on her. And so I could hear her. And so I would stand in between my parents and I would say to my mother, okay, you say calmly how you feel out loud. And I would tell my dad, okay, you listen. And then I would say to my father, okay, you listen to what she has to say. Now you say what you want to say out loud. And I would literally try to mediate my parents, which no child should be doing ever. I'm four or five years old. Why Mm -hmm. am I not sleeping? But I knew at that age, I just could feel how much they were feeling. Like I didn't know where they ended. And I began um, when I was a kid. And so I felt a lot of their unexpressed emotions. And I just knew at that age, you know, if y'all just say it out loud and listen to each other, actually listen to each other. Everything will work out. You know, I just wanted like the full house family. That's why I even got a golden retriever. I wanted like mm-hmm. a family full house. I wanted everyone to talk things out with each other and can it all just be okay? And I, I still to this day believe that any relationship can be repaired when both people are willing to understand themselves and others deeply and they say it out loud, like lay it all out on the table. But it takes two people to do that. Um, and I, I just, that's why I wrote this book. It started from that age. But in my own life, you know, in relationships where I would suppress my needs, where I would ignore my intuition, where I would just say things just because I didn't want to rock the boat or because I didn't want to I I, I didn't want to come off as unagreeable, um, disagreeable. I always wanted to come off as the agreeable one. Didn't want to ever be like, no, I don't agree with that. You know, I noticed in my own life that I did that. And, you know, the biggest wake up call for me, not once was not once, but twice was when I had to go to rehab. Um, because I burnt my life down uh, because of these relationships that I was in and not thinking I was worth any better. Um, and then not listening to my own intuition when I damn well knew these relationships were not healthy for me. And so that was in my thirties. So I'm 40 now, okay? As we as we write this, I'm gonna be 41 May 18th. And you know, when I wrote this book, I was in the middle of a very bad breakup. I was getting out of a very bad breakup. Um, and so I had to really look at how I was talking to myself about everything that was going on. Ultimately, Ben, if I had to tie this answer up with a pretty bows, I wrote this book because I think a lot of people keep shit inside and it's killing them slowly on the inside and you will feel better and feel and rid yourself of these dis not just not, you know, this, the disease that you feel when you actually allow yourself to say it out loud. I think life is too short to keep that shit inside. Life is too short. Life is too long. It's up to you, but I don't want to, sit swimming in resentment and, 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 and keeping things inside and just this yearning and this craving for things. And I'm not allowing myself to express it. I don't want to live like that because then I'm going to be miserable and that everyone else is going to be miserable because that's all I'm going to spread. And I just think if we were happier inside and we allowed ourselves to say what we really felt and were honest with ourselves, like really, really honest with ourselves, I think we would really be a more united, um, collective, you know, we'd be happier. We'd be happier within and we'd spread that around us. So that's why I wrote the book.
0: Boom. Well, that's a clip right there. I love that. (laughs) I have one more
1: reason, which I'll get to, like the even deeper reason than that. That was one reason, but I do have another reason. Um, So I'll I'll get to that. I'm sure we'll circle to it. (laughs) Cool. Well,
0: it's like, um, just to echo that, right, of how many of us, myself included, you know are keeping things inside and not not saying it not speaking it not expressing it and we um I was on your podcast yesterday and part of what we talked about and I've talked about this on my podcast um in a solo episode which is about not speaking my desires right because I was you know like looking out for my mom just in the way that you were looking out for your parents and one thing I wanted to just recognize with you like this came out so naturally of like your gift and almost your dharma and your purpose is this right like how easily and how naturally you are able to say it out loud and i know you say that in your book that even your parents what did they say to you of like
1: chumare, chumare, chumare means stop talking my mother would say <laughs> chumare vachi chumare which they, my, my family would call me vachi that's our family nickname. No, you cannot call me that, Ben. We have, yes. to still, oh, we, had, we have to share with your audience that little funny story that we have. But yeah, my 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 mother, anytime I would try to call out the elephant in the room or she thought I was stirring up the pot, she thought I was trying to cause problems. She thought I was being manipulative. But what I was really doing is saying, what the hell is going on? This is not right. I could feel that shit at a young age. I could feel when something mm-hmm. was off, but I was called disobedient and um, they would tell me, my mother would say, which means stop talking.
0: Mm-hmm. Didn't listen
1: to that advice.
0: Right. Totally. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, and I just want to point this out for people because usually, like, our gifts, right, are coinciding like what comes so naturally and easy to us, but also it's gonna cause the most friction, and then we hide it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in a way, like you said, you didn't listen to it, and also in a way for you, of like you said, it, like in relationships, you tried to seem as like agreeable. So you might still have the aspect of you of saying it aloud, but at the same time, you're still dimming or like switching it or maybe not being as blunt. Right. And so I just want to, why I want to point that out is because that's usually no, like our gift isn't somehow related, what comes so naturally to us and what also stirs up the pot. And then we hide it. And then it's like, what you have found is your true magic. And which is so beautiful, right? Because like so much of it is wrapped up in fear like why we don't say something out loud is because we are afraid that's the main reason so i'm curious um i want to ask this question then we can tell the quick funny story so I, so i don't forget and then we can go forward but the question i want to ask is when you when you started hiding that or dimming it um and what fears that you built up um but real quick for the story is when Vasavi and I first met. It was with our friend Nita. Um, you can her episode's also on the podcast by the time you're listening to this. Um, we met at her studio and she called you Voss. So I was like, because I was like, Vasavi, I was like, I don't know if I'll mess that up or not. So I was like, Can I just call you Voss? And you're like, No. I'm like, you have to know me, right? It's like you have to meet me at least six times. So I think this is the fifth interaction we've had. So one more. And then I can start calling her boss.
1: I mean, and I respect that so deeply, bro. Like you weren't trying to push it. You respected my boundary. And in the past, and I know it's funny and we're laughing about it, but that's how I really feel. I really do feel like, and even that example of what we had, that was me- like, yes, I wrote a book called Saying It Out Loud. And guess what? I have difficulty saying it out loud. That's why I'm so good at helping people say it out loud because I understand and I still do it. I fear it and I still do it. Yes. I don't fear it and get stopped. I fear it and still do it So and say it. So the fact that I said that to you, that's how I actually felt. I would say that to anyone, Ben. It it has nothing to do with the fact that my ex sure. is... Name was also Ben, by the way. So, <laughs> I, I'm not. I, you don't know that, but my ex's name was Ben. I wasn't giving you a hard time because of that. But yeah, there, there was that part of me that's like, well, it's 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 whatever we want for ourselves and what we feel is like just treatment for ourselves. We don't say that. And I want to honor that part of myself that's had people try to shorten her name or butcher her name her whole fucking life. So mm-hmm. until I was 18 years old, I let the kids at school, I let the teachers at school call me Vasabi. because mm. I didn't want to seem like I was making a big deal. I didn't want to be looked at as like the weird Indian girl with the weird name who's now telling us how to say her weird name. So you know what I did? I just shut up. And I just let people butcher my name for 18 years. And then senior year of high school, I told everyone it's Vasabi now. And all my friends were like, you've been telling wasabi. And I go, well, I decided to change. That was a huge moment for me when I was 18. I I said, I am no longer wasabi. I am wasabi.
0: Wow. Look at that. I love that story. Is that in the book?
1: Nope. It's not. I actually just said it out loud. I just realized that this has happened, but I've never actually talked about it because you and I had that interaction about my name. So it just seemed appropriate. I just, I remember I got it from my story arsenal. I have like an arsenal (laughs) of stories in my brain. Yeah. I just pulled it from that.
0: I love that. That's cool. I love that little nugget that revealed itself because that's such, it might seem small, but those little things start to build up, you know, and they just build and build and build and build and build of like, and of course, like I relate to this so much. Like I told you on your podcast of like, because I do have like a natural go with the flow attitude. It's just like, okay, like I can just be okay with whatever. And the example I gave on the podcast was stating like what I desire for dinner. Mm-hmm. and and like I ultimately, I might not care, right? But at the same time, if I do care, then I gotta make sure I honor that. Mm-hmm. And so it could be the dinner example of honoring my desire and preference. It could be like, oh, you could just make up an excuse for why people um don't know how to pronounce your name, but it's your name, which is such a big deal, you know, and like, but it might not seem like a big deal. and I, I imagine, like you said, What did you say? You didn't want to seem like the what Indian girl? I
1: didn't want, I didn't want to already be booked. I already felt like, oh, I'm the weird Indian girl with the weird name. And now I'm trying to tell y'all how to say my name. I didn't want to seem difficult. Yep. I didn't want to feel difficult. Do you know how torturous it was? And guys, for everyone listening to this, think in your own life, right? I'm sure, I mean, you may have a name like Lisa, so you may not even resonate with this, (laughs) but think about in your own life where you just shut up because you don't want to seem like a pain in the ass. Yep. but that keeps building up and you don't think that that same part of you that shuts up here is going to shut up there that shit builds up so of course by the time i got to my th- 30s and i got divorced when i was 31 and i got into a relationship with a guy who was much younger than me best sex of my life but no i shouldn't have done that uh you know it was that was the 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 rebound gone way too long you're not supposed to be with your rebound for more than like a few months right i was with <laughs> him for 4 years and he lived with me um but i just i just remember even in that relationship just like in the most microist ways how I would just say, oh, it's OK. Oh, he didn't mean that. Oh, it's fine. No, I'm the one making a big deal when he che- when he cheated on me. I should have been kinder to him. I'm the one um, that pushed him away. It was my fault. It's always my fault. It's my fault why you have an issue with me. It's my fault that you act that way. Right. So that's called toxic responsibility. And the more you start to repress your words and you do not tell people how you feel, then you then that, you know, those voices in your head will start to fuck with you. And I'll tell you like you, it'll, you'll start to believe that, that that's the truth that you are. Oh, you know, don't be disagreeable. Don't be difficult. And you will continue to silence yourself because that is a narrative you've now told. And I just do not think God wants us to live that way. I don't think we are meant to suffer like this at all.
0: No. Okay. This is so good. So. There's so many, right, like micro and macro examples, which I'm sure so many people can relate to. And like, we're all keeping something inside, right? Like we might be speaking a version of the truth, but not the full truth for whatever reason or excuse Mm -hmm. that we come up with. Um, And you can pick any example of like the fear that you have felt, right, of not wanting to seem difficult, not wanting probably in this relationship, right, like even putting up with someone is cheating on you, I imagine fear of abandonment, fear of whatever. But can you, what's your first memory, or first experience you feel called to share about of like feeling that like visceral feeling in your body of not being yourself and not expressing because of what?
1: You know, I want to, I think a lot of women deal with this, but I also think men in their own way, they um, don't speak up either. I think men are taught to put up with shit from women. Yep, and, um, yep. women are, you know, we, we've been basically told that all men are dogs. And I don't think that my first memory, and I've never actually experienced this out uh, said this out loud. Sorry. I was, um, I was like 12 years old and we would go to India every year. I like, so, so. First of all, I want to circle back. I shared by saying I, I noticed in my business I'm very confident and I'm I, what I say is like I'm very convicted in my business and I noticed that I I did water myself down in my business just a little bit not as much in my relationship. so I've always been pretty bold if you if you follow me on you know on all the socials and the YouTubes I've been around for 11 years I've pretty much always been the way that I am the only difference was I now believe it on the inside. You know what I'm saying? I was really good at talking. Now I actually feel like my heart has caught up with my mind. All the things I've been spewing, I now actually be it. And I feel it. That's the biggest difference. I'm still the same girl. I'm still the same preaching the same fucking message for the past 11 years. I just now live it. You get what I'm saying? So that's, that's where I'm at right now. But my earliest memory was when You know, and I was going to say, so in my business, I'm confident, but in my relationship, my personal life, my love life is where I've always struggled. Um, And that's changing We're we're no longer living in the struggle. Let me let me not breathe life into that. Sorry, we're not struggling right now. I'm saying sorry to myself. When I was 12 years old, uh, my parents would take me to India every year and my sister um, for the summer, three months at a time. And we'd spend time in my dad's house, dad's side of the family. And I had a lot of older guy cousins. And um, I love them because I'm the youngest girl in the whole family, right? I'm the youngest girl, I'm the cutest, (laughs) charming. And my older guy cousins, you know, I loved male attention because my father and I were very close. We still are. Um, So I loved like I was I was very close to my father. So I loved male attention. Okay, and that's just that's just how I see it as when I was a kid. And so I had an older cousin. He was maybe six or seven years older than me. And I thought he was. So charming. Like, you know, at 12, 13 years old, you're just starting to grow and have these hormones and not know what to do. And I remember we were, I'm not going to say my cousin's name, but we were, you know, so let's just say he was around 1920 at that time. We were up on the roof of my grandmother's house and he was in the Navy. He was getting trained by the Indian Navy. And he was also in the Indian Army. He was both. And he was a pilot. Um, so he was in the Air Force. He was in the Air Force and he was in the Navy. That's what it was. So he was. We were up on the rooftop and he was like the prized grandson. Okay, I'm a granddaughter. He's so this is my cousin. So he was another he was a grandson. I was a granddaughter. You know, he's my cousin, my dad's sister's son. And so we're on the rooftop and he asked me, he's telling me all the stuff that he's learning in the Navy and all the self-defense techniques that he's using and he's learning. And he asked if I wanted to see some of the things that he was learning. And I said, okay, like self-defense stuff. And so he pinned me against the wall mm. and he was, he's tall, much taller than me. So I'm five, five. I was probably little, I'm five, five now, but back then got, you know, I was, you know, and he was like five, some, five eleven, five twelve. You know what? I was six foot hovering over me and he pressed me up against this like concrete wall and he put my hands behind my back and he pressed his chest and his everything up against me. And he was trying to show me what it was like to be held from the back and showing me this move that he was learning. And I liked it. I liked the way that it felt at 13. I liked the feeling i had never had a man press up against me at 13. You know, I was obviously, I mean, I'm not obviously, I mean, some people have gone, obviously gone through awful things, but I had not experienced a man pressed up against me. And I was so ashamed of the fact that I enjoyed it. I liked it. I liked that feeling. I didn't think that he was my cousin. I just, my, it was my hormones, right? It was just yes. my hormones. Yeah. like. And I just, I knew it was wrong. Like it was wrong that I had this older cousin pressing his penis, pressing his chest, pressing his entire body against my newly blossoming breasts. and my. And I was like feeling things down there. I was feeling wet. I never felt wet before at 13. And I was feeling all these feelings and I liked it. Yeah, of course, I liked it. You know, it's pleasure. I was, and so it was this conflict between this feels so good, but it, I shouldn't enjoy this. I knew that this was wrong. There was an element of wrongness to it, you know, and I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Nothing happened. He didn't kiss me. He did nothing. But you should not be pressing up against your 12 year old cousin when you're a 19 year old man. He, he, I don't know what was going on with him. But I just know that I liked it and I hated it at the same time. And I enjoyed it, but I despised it at the same time. And I didn't say anything. About a few months later, I told my father. My father didn't say anything because my father is passive as fuck. He was, he's just like, oh, you know, he's young. He didn't mean it. My mother lost her shit. My mo- You know, my mom lost her shit. And um, I, I, lo- I love my mother for that. I do. I love my mother for being, for losing her shit because no matter we may not like someone's delivery, but the one thing about my mother is that she always stood up for me. She's never mm. going to let anyone get away with anything. So that was my first memory. And I think from there, you know, even though my mom stood up for me, you know, there was still that part of me that craved that attention, you know? So I did whatever I could to get that male attention. And so I guess I suppressed my needs over and over again in relationships. That's my first memory.
0: Dang, Vasami, thank you for sharing that. And that obviously extremely raw and vulnerable and i feel that so i just want to honor that for a moment and just like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like commend that because that's Mm -hmm. definitely you know a sensitive topic and like from that moment uh and it is an interesting thing right because it's you're feeling both and i know probably a lot of us feel that on some level right of like the yes and the no, the right and the wrong. And it's just like, what? And it's like, no one's teaching us how to feel or to what any of these things mean. So, f- for that, of your first memory of repressing your needs because you wanted to say no or
1: stop, this is wrong. Uh, like, like I, it, yeah. it, it, it was, it was stop, this is wrong. Like, stop. Like, I just, but I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't know to speak up. And it also felt good you know it was like so it felt I just, good
0: to not speak or just the uh, the, well, the chemical the, the,
1: the chemical felt good but every yeah. part of me was screaming no like every but like chemically it was like good right it felt good but my soul was like dude this is wrong this is this is not right this is not right you know and, and yeah so
0: and i think that's the importance of what you said right of like and that's where it can get so tricky of just like, obviously something chemically to a body will feel good, but it doesn't mean like to the soul that you know it's right or wrong or even approved of or whatever. So from that moment, was it like? So, so how do you see that moment has impacted you in, in different ways, whether it's just in your teens or in your relationships? Is it just repressing your needs in general?
1: It shows up in the smallest of ways, Ben. It's um, at a restaurant, not sending the order back if they get it wrong. It's in your marketing, um, using more words to explain your offer Mm. rather than just saying what it is or allowing yourself to express your offer in, 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 in different ways, allowing yourself to change your voice, allowing yourself to change, period. Like, yeah, maybe... Maybe someone has been the down for whatever person, or yeah, anything's fine with me. And so now they're like, shit. If I start expressing needs, or people are going to think I'm like aggressive. You know, it's like it's just a muscle that we haven't allowed ourselves to use. But for me, it was definitely in relationships. Oh, definitely people pleasing in my business with my clients. I've got clients ask me to do like an eight part payment plan for something that's like, oh my god, are you, it, would, it would come down to, like sixty dollars a. Okay, <laughs> I'm like no, and I've said yes back in the day in the beginning of my business. I would say whatever I need to do to get clients in the door. And while I appreciate that, I just like kind of never stop doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And so that is even in like eight years in business and I've been in business for 11. I mean, it's been very recent and I, I have no problem sharing this with your audience because I think a lot of times people feel like they have to puff up puff up their experience and be like, oh, I've gotten over this a long time ago. No, y'all, it is uh, February, 2023 as of today. And I'm just now saying My throat is so freaking unlocked. Like I finally feel, and I say finally because you all have to remember, I've been in therapy since I was 12. Well, how would you remember? I'm just telling you this now. (laughs) I've been in therapy since I was 12. I was in therapy for 16 years straight. Then after that, I I was on and off with therapy, whatever. I've been in this work of me. I've been so focused on me for what it feels like my whole freaking life. I've been so focused on relationship to self. And now, and in the past few years, really been working on, my relationship to others and friendships. And that's been beautiful. And I'm at a place now where it's like, no, this is my voice. Before, Ben, when I would speak, I would have so many other voices in my head trying to filter, package, manage as I'm speaking. Do you know how exhausting that is to not just be able to just say what you want to say? So that's what I've been working on. That's what I lay out in my book. Say it out loud is literally how to talk to all the parts of yourself. Every single one of these parts has its own distinct personality, energy, uh, uh, tone, texture, quality of voice. And they're all talking to us. And so at some point, you gotta be like, which voice is mine? Mm. Right. And so I've been honing in and honing in on honing in. This is the voice of Vasavi. I, I feel it for the first I, I don't feel any split, like what I'm thinking, what I'm saying, and how I'm feeling is just aligned. And that's why I don't get as exhausted even anymore after podcast interviews. I used to get really exhausted because my mind was managing me the whole conversation, making sure I didn't sound too harsh for my audience, making sure I wasn't too complicated for my host. You know, it's like, no, fuck all that. I'm here to use my voice and to help the people. Let me help the people. So I have to get my team on board. And you know which team I'm speaking about? The voices in my head. That's the team in my head. They're all like, you know how you go on any I'm, By the way, I never played team sports. I'm like a tennis girl. Um, but, you know, if you play a sport. You have the rambunctious player. You have the cynical player. You have the ADHD distracted player. You have the angry player. You have, the you know, you have so many different types of players on a team. And if they do not come together with one singular focus, which is the job of the quarterback. So let's just say I'm the quarterback of my own mind. OK, no one. You are not going to accomplish anything. You cannot. With the efficiency and effectiveness that you want to and the clarity and the conviction and the confidence and the ease. You cannot, if you're constantly battling those voices in your head. And that's why it is so important that we learn how to talk to all those different parts of ourselves. That's what I lay out in my book. Say it out. I
0: I love this so much. Do you mind just like laying out one of them? Like for you, this is such an important part. Like We think, because self-talk is kind of a common term but we don't think about it in this way. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it in your book I'm like, oh this is so good right of like literally talking to the all the different voices and just it is so tiring the filtering, the managing instead of just like here's who I am.
1: So yes. let me take you to chapter 12, okay? So chapter 12 is the last chapter. And I, I I put 12 chapters because I'm a 12-stepper and I've been through the a, uh, AA and um, NA and you know I, I enjoy the 12 steps, but I made up my own 12 steps here. So um, actually, I, I'm gonna go to a different chapter. Let's go to um, desire and decide out loud. Desire and decide out loud is chapter 11. I start every chapter with a prompt that you're gonna answer out loud. Before you even start reading, you're gonna talk. Mm. So at the beginning of every chapter, if there's a prompt, answer this out loud. And so before you even begin reading, you answer this question. So chapter 11, desire and des- decide out loud. Do you feel guilty expressing your true desires?
0: Oh, this yes. is perfect
1: for me, Benny. We were just talking about this, feeling bad yeah. about expressing our desires. We both were talking about that even yesterday. But you you start off my chapter by being honest with yourself. Do you feel guilty expressing your true desires? Yes or no? Yes or no. And it may not be yes all the time. It may not be no all the time, but this is where you get to be honest with yourself, you know? And so I take you through, uh, the, you know, the reasons obviously each chapter in the book is about the reasons why the background, I know people want that, but I'm really all about putting the pedal to the metal and taking action. So even on the, in this chapter, I have you make a list what you don't want and what you want in your life. So many people don't know what they want and when they don't know what they want, they feel shitty about themselves and then they shame themselves for not being clear. And I go, fine, if you don't know what you want, at least can you, if you don't know what you want, can you at least try to get clear on what you don't want? What do you not want in your life? So I try to give a different approach because for so many people, it's like, well, I don't know what I want. Okay, great. But do you know what you don't want? Okay, like, let's start there. So I I, I love that I use that approach. I, I share personal things that I have done to get very clear on who I am, my voice, the way I want to live my life. And I offer that to my reader because ultimately it's your life, dude. You get to create it. And I believe that you can use the power of your voice to hear your deepest thoughts so that you can pra- courageously pursue your dreams. So let me give you the exercise at the end of this book, Okay, at the end of this chapter. Every chapter ends with a prompt, a practice and a promise. Okay, mm. the prompt is where you expand your awareness. So for example, in this chapter, Start paying attention to what ignites a spark inside you. Notice what interests you, what piques your curiosity, and what you dreamt about constantly as a kid. And a good place to start is your childhood. What did you want to do when you were a kid? Or when you scroll through YouTube or Instagram, what captures your attention? Observe what makes you come alive inside. So then the practice, this is where you use your voice most of the chapters, you don't need any pen and paper. There's some chapters that I'm like, take out a pen, but all of these exercises can be done verbally. You do not need a pen. You do not need a paper. Sorry, go ahead. Were you going to say Well, something? I was going
0: to say that's the point, right? No. It's like verbally expressing it.
1: Here's the thing. there's There's nothing in the way between you and your voice. But when you write, we have a tendency to filter just a little bit. Just mm. a little bit, I think. This is really good. For my This book is really great for my external processors who already like to process out loud. It's also great for my internal processors who want to become more vocal and want to feel more confident in their expression. It's also for my people who have, don't lie, plenty of expensive journals that you know you've only used (laughs) the first three pages for. So this is your alternative guide to journaling. So then we get to a practice, okay? You create a don't want and you create a want list. You write out what you don't want. You write out what you do want. And then you say out loud everything you wrote down, because I want you to feel in your body what it feels like as you speak it, because every word carries a vibration. Every word carries a vibration. Perfect example. You know how so many people are averse to the word God. You're like, oh, don't say the word God. How come some people have that aversion? I don't have that aversion. See, words carry vibration. When I hear the word God, I feel like, oh, I feel that like, I feel relief. I feel like, oh, I'm okay. But there are some people who, you know, jokingly will call themselves recovering Christians, recovering Catholics. Mm-hmm. They hear the word God and they're like, oh, because their experience of that, anything to do with God, just makes them cringe. So it's, that's how powerful words are. And, and if, if you want to feel okay with certain words, then you can explore what is it about this word that makes me feel this way. But my point in having you say out loud what you want and don't want is because you cannot, the, the body won't lie to you. The body will not lie to you. You can say I'm happy, but your body freaking knows you're miserable. You can say I'm this job. Your body's like, yeah, fucking right. You cannot <laughs> lie to your body you can lie to the world but you cannot lie to your body and you could even lie to yourself your mind can convince you but your body always knows your body always knows so you're going to write out and say out loud what you want what you don't want and the, the entire practice of this ben is just to help you come up with those solutions because have you ever been been have you ever been been have you <laughs> ever been stuck on something and you talk it out with a friend And as you're saying it out loud, you start to get to the solution. You start to like, oh, and then I could do this. Like almost the sound of your own voice and hearing what you have to say prompts another thought in your head. And then you get to a solution. So I don't know if you've had that experience. Have you?
0: (laughs) I love this so much. But first, I just want to recognize like just that one simple exercise is so gold. And I'm truly, honestly, excited to go through all of it myself. And Like, you know, and that's, that's saying a lot, like Vasily, I'm so excited for this to come out because I mean, there might be something similar to it, but I haven't seen something so specific, but yet so broad. And, and, you know, I'm really excited for this. Like, this is just the ember is just beginning to blaze and it's freaking going to go bananas. I feel like
1: I'm going to give, I'm going to give one more example for any of my skeptics. Okay. So I play tennis, I play tennis. (laughs) My coach, Coach Vince, he said to me, "When you walk out onto that court, you got to lead with your inner arrogance. Mm. You don't need, I don't need you to be arrogant. Don't be a dick. Don't be a don't be a, you know don't be a dick to your players. Don't be, but you got to have that energy of the inner arrogance. So you know when I walk out onto a court, when, even when I do a tennis clinic, even when I'm just playing doubles with my friend, in my mind the narrative is like." You've worked your ass off. You're going to kick her ass. Just stay focused. You got it. That's what I'm telling myself. I'm not saying to myself, oh, my God, she's better than you. No, there is no room for that. When you're about to play a game, are you (laughs) kidding me? That's a surefire way to miss your shot. No. So that's a great. So you literally can control the narrative of what you're telling yourself. Your performance will go up when you're saying things to yourself that make you want to perform.
0: You know what I mean?
1: And even when I miss a shot, even when I even when I when I when I don't serve properly, I'm not saying to myself, fucking idiot. That's how I've talked to myself. I go, it's okay. It's okay. Get it together. Come on, focus. You got this. I get myself back. I have no time. No, we don't have time to be sitting there and beating ourselves up. It is an absolute waste of your energy to beat yourself up. You if you want to criticize yourself, if you want to judge yourself, judge yourself simply with the purposes of getting better not to make yourself feel like more shit how is that going to go you I'm the most rebellious per, rebellious person ever if if I didn't listen to my own mother at that age okay why would I listen to that voice in my head that talks to me that way so ultimately what ends up happening ben is when we, we don't control the narrative in our own mind our mind controls us period
0: yeah i love that so to answer your question as far as what you like, have I ever verbally processed and learned something new? Yes. Short answer. And then in our interview yesterday, you were pointing out that I'm probably an internal processor, which you were right. And that actually, if you look at my human design, I'm something called a self-projected projector, which means that we literally project, like we have to speak, which gives us clarity. Yes. So it's like, so for me specifically, literally saying stuff out loud is scary but it's also extremely helpful.
1: So you are, so you, you're at, based on your human design, it's better for you to be an external processor. Correct. Great. And I just want to say this out loud, of course, in our society, what do we think about the person who talks to themselves out loud? Let's just call it out. We, call, we think they're crazy. Listen, I was at CVS the other day, going to pick up some meds, and there was this man talking to himself in one of the aisles. And I said to myself, get the fuck out of this aisle. Hell no, because and he was. I know he was not all there. I could tell he was not all there. And even I, who am a huge advocate of talking to yourself out loud, I completely acknowledge that in our society, talking to ourselves out loud is deemed crazy. However, there are plenty of times when you are alone. Okay, you, you, you. I mean, you're always with yourself no matter where you go. So find the time to actually hear yourself. I mean, I live alone, so I have the luxury of just being with me. But we all have time um, with ourselves. And so if you're stuck on something needing to make a decision and you're like, I don't know what to do, say it out loud, simple, even with dinner, I'm always going to use dinner because food is a big topic in my house with me. What meals am I eating? So I'll be like, boss, do I want chickpea pasta with that beautiful zucchini sauce? Or do we feel like making tacos today? And I'm like, and then I just, when I say the words, I can feel it in my body, which makes me feel good oh, taco sounds great. Oh, no, I you could feel it. Your words carry vibration. So when you hear yourself, you can then check in and see how you feel. So let me tell you this perfect example. I used to get sucked into that thinking. I was sucked into that thinking of I'm only worth something if I'm making this much money a month. It's only this much money. And recently I've actually like I've been asking myself out loud and I do this with everything. Boss, how much money would make you feel safe, secure, and still really like, like, yeah, I have, I have, I'm fine. I'm like, good, you know, I'm good. I came up with the number. It was somewhere between 10 and 12 grand. And I said, how do you feel about that? And I go, I like that number. That gives me peace. And that was it. That was it. It gave me peace. I want peace. I was I'm complete with that number. And so, you know how we get distracted so easily. You should be hitting six six months. I don't give a fuck about that. And I had to get real honest with myself. What does Basabi need to be happy? What does Basavi need to be at peace at night? If we had to assign a dollar amount, what is it? And you know what, Ben? It was not 30K a month. It was in 100K miles, 12 a month. And, and then I had to check in with myself and I go, Are you lowballing yourself? And by the way, I made more than that this month. So if my point in sharing that is I was honest with myself and I said, Are you lowballing yourself, Vas? Is this you not thinking you're worth more? And I go, No, honestly, this is what I have the capacity for right now. If I mm. make more than that, awesome. So. We get to check with ourselves and check in with ourselves and be honest with ourselves. And when we say it out loud, those words carry vibrations and we can check in and feel our body. Are we bullshitting ourselves or not? And if you do, if you feel disconnected from your body, then this is a great opportunity for you to find practices to reconnect with your body. Because when you do, you can't lie to yourself because your words carry vibrations and your body feels that. If you can feel the vibrations of other people's words, you know, when someone talks to you in a rude tone and you can feel it, you know, when someone's kind of cold and they're, they're not very emoji-like and I'm like, oh, did I do something wrong? Okay, you do the same shit to yourself. You talk to yourself in that same way. Think about how your body feels. We feel it with others. We feel it when somebody's cold and curt and just cutting us off and dismissive and and maybe invalidating. We do it to ourselves.
0: Dang, yeah, this is like, this is gold, honestly. Like, because it's cool is it's very practical. It's very real. Like, how to make decisions, how mm-hmm. to know what you want. Right? It's just like, and you're right. Even if I'm curious, what would you say to people who are like, I'm afraid of knowing, right? And I know that's. I can't that's help you.
1: I, I can't. I can't help you. Listen, I, I've been to rehab <laughs> twice. The first step of everything is to acknowledge and to accept and surrender and to admit our powerlessness. The first chapter, the second chapter of my book is to admit it out loud. If, if you cannot look at yourself and you cannot be honest with yourself and you are afraid of your own truth, Oof. God bless you. God bless you. That's it. I don't know what to say, but that is not a way to live. I'm sorry. I would rather know the deepest, darkest, dirtiest things about myself and keep it out in the open and own it openly and just acknowledge it than not know who the fuck I am on my deathbed.
0: <laughs> yeah, that feels good. Like and you lived
1: not knowing who you were. You yeah. went through an entire lifetime not knowing who you were and what you're capable of. That's misery to me. God help you. I can't. Man, go, go buy my book. That'll help you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually truth. And and that's man, there's so many nuggets in here. And like, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty speechless. Like honestly, what I said before of
1: You have nothing to say out loud.
0: I, yeah, yeah, which is actually good. I'm like, just damn, like, you know. And it's kind of like it's fun. This this combo has kind of gone in reverse. Usually what we did at the beginning, I might do at the end, you know, like digging into some things you might be nervous about or resistant to. Um, but I actually like to bring in almost what would some people consider the intro, but I think it's important for people to know this about you. Cause you've had quite a few experiences. You mentioned like divorce, rehab twice, and I would just love like, what is just a brief synopsis from that 18 year old self who finally, you know, owned, my name is Vasavi, not Vasavi. What have you, what are just the brief like highlights just so people can understand like, wow, she's been through some stuff.
1: Yeah. So I, I thank you for this because my brain works well with very clear directions. So I'm going to give you the highlight reel of my life. It's interesting talking about myself in this way. Um, okay. So... Oh, okay. I, I actually did this with my therapist when I did a timeline. Um, so I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder when I was 19 years old.
0: Can I stop and... you right here? I know we're at the beginning. <laughs> I'm stopping you already, but I'm saying it out loud. Yes. So, um, and just side note, like say it out loud is such a quick like um, mantra. That's just like a reminder. Like whenever you feel like, like silent or restricted to say it out loud. And it's just like a reminder. Mm-hmm. Do you have it tattooed yet? Do you get tattoos?
1: I got one tattoo. It's just a circle. Uh, it reminds me that no matter how broken we feel, we're whole.
0: Mm, That's it. I love that too.
1: Yeah. I but, should get um, to say it out loud. Though. Oh dude, should I get one right here?
0: Somewhere. I think you should. I mean, I'm not going to, you say it out loud until, and how does it feel?
1: Honestly, I just got really freaking excited because now that I'm not acting anymore, I used to do acting like I didn't want to do any more. I didn't want to get a tattoo or anything because, you know, when we're on screen, whatever. But now that I'm not doing acting and I'm just going to be doing voiceover, which is fine by me. You just need my voice. Like, honestly, the like even in if I could even write it in Sanskrit, you know, which is our holy language, our language of our scriptures. Okay, I'm going to figure that out. I'm going to ask my mom. She knows Sanskrit. (laughs) That's uh, exciting to me. I have no issue. I don't like the pain aspect of it. Yeah. Um, But I can suck it up. It's fine.
0: That's cool. I love that. So with the bipolar, do you believe that that's actually, some people would say like, oh, it's real or it's not real. How do you view it as someone like just with the experience and the perspectives you have now?
1: Okay. I'm going to share this. Thank you for asking this question. There's one part of me that's like, it's not real. Boss, you were heavily traumatized as a child. This is the damaged and I don't mean damaged like I'm damaged goods. I don't think I'm damaged, but it's literally a damaged part of my brain, a part of yeah. my brain that did not get to flourish. It did not get the love that it needed. It did not get the safety mm. that it needed. It did not get the security that it needed. It is the part of my brain that attacks me. Oof. Okay. That's the bipolar part of me. So it's real in that. Yeah, my brain, I have a like a chemical imbalance. I'm like, fucked you know? And I don't mean that in a mean way. Like, yeah, that part of my brain is fucked. It feels (laughs) like it's fucked and it's not real because God is great. Right. And so I do believe that by the grace of God and being able to tap into the kindest, wonderful part of myself, I can heal anything. Mm. So it's real, but it's not real. I get to say what it is. It's real in that, you know what, Ben, it's not easy to live with the brain that I have. It's not easy, but because I have that, but I'm anchored into something bigger, I'm able to thrive with the mind that I have and just keep doing what I'm doing, you know, so it's not easy, but I wake up every day and I have a purpose bigger than myself. And that is what I am here for. I've made a promise to God that if I, if he would help me get through my worst days that I promised I would help another person. And so here I am.
0: That's incredible and I appreciate that perspective so much. So, 19, what's after that?
1: Oh, so after that, oh, I mean 19 to 28 was basically a shit show. Um, I mean, I used a lot of cocaine at that time and I uh, was very promiscuous at that time. Um, you know, I was in college just, you know, just trying to fuck around and find out. You know, I was a sheltered <laughs> little kid on Long Island and I was rebellious from a very young age, but when I went to college, I went nuts, you know. I went I mean, it was it was it was pretty awful. So awful that I had to transfer transfer back home sophomore year of college. Um, another milestone was at you know, 28, I got, um, 28, I got married, um, also between 19 and 28, I got two masters. I got a master's in special ed. I got a master's in social work from Columbia university, uh, in New York where I'm from. I got married at 28. I became, um, also became a coach after I graduated. This was back in 2010. I got divorced when I was 31. Um, got into a very awful relationship, uh, where one man single-handedly shattered my confidence within a four-year period. And I've worked very hard to build it back to what it is today. That relationship that I was in destroyed me, but it also forced me to have to build myself and really take an honest look at myself. So it is what it is. Um, got arrested, got arrested in 2017, uh, went to rehab. In 2017, went back to rehab in 2019, got a job on TV as a TV host like this is I had a very rich, colorful life. I went to plant based culinary school. I mean, I used my 20s to really educate myself. I educated myself in my 20s. I got my two masters. I went to plant based culinary school in my 30s. I got really into my creative side. So I was doing a lot of TV acting voiceover. I started getting more into my body. I became a yoga teacher. I got certified as a yoga teacher. and then I was doing dance. And so every decade of my life has brought me back closer to myself. My 30s were the hardest. They were the mm. absolute That was when like, dude, every single demon of mine, I had to address it, but not all at once. It's taken me 10 years. My 30s were the hardest. Absolutely. So I'm 40 now and uh, I feel great. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, this is it. <laughs> I'm here. And I want to say something to your audience. You know, it's okay to stop trying to keep improving yourself also. You know, because I I was in therapy yesterday and I said to my therapist, I'm good. And he goes, "Okay." I go, well, I mean, we we talked. I was telling him all the awesome things that are going on in my life. And I go, all right, well, I'll see you next week. And I was like, wait a minute. This is like probably one of the first therapy sessions where I'm just like, everything is good. And you know what? Mm. It's going to keep getting better. Here's the thing. When you're focused, hyper focused on improving yourself, it feels like it will never get better. What if you just started living for a little bit? stop trying to fix yourself, you'll realize how good it really is and how amazing you actually are when you're not always trying to improve yourself. I'm amazing. And I'm realizing that because I've stopped trying to improve myself. Oh, how amazing I actually am as I am. I think everyone can give themselves that beautiful delicacy of just uh, just swimming in the luxury of just being you. You know, Get excited to just be you. No matter how much more work you you have to do on yourself, there's always going to be something to improve. But how are you ever going to know if you've changed or if you've grown, if you're always growing, you need to stop at some point. You need to just like be, you know, that doesn't mean the growth stops, but you're going to just keep growing. It's like that house. Have you ever been to somebody's house where it's always under construction? There's always one room that needs to get work. I mean, it's like your house is always under construction. When do you live in it? You know, you want to enjoy the house that you've built it. Enjoy the house that you've built, which is you. No matter where you're at, enjoy where you're at right now. You know, you got to enjoy that and then continue to grow and do it simultaneously and not have it be this torturous process. I'm saying what I wish I would have known. I want to say this Mm. to everyone. This is not how I have it all figured out. I wish I would have known this shit. I'm saying everything now that I wish I would have, that I knew, but I didn't believe back then. And now I believe it. So I'm saying it from a place of conviction. Get what I'm saying? I get it. (laughs)
0: Wow. Yeah. I'm just I feel like I'm sitting in a sermon or something and just like, okay, just, yeah, let's go. Um yeah, like this is definitely
1: what's yeah. coming up for you, Ben? I'd love to hear from you. What's coming up for you right now? Let's 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 let's, let's talk to the honestly.
0: Guy. It's it's yeah. cool. Like honestly, just like inspired. And that's why I'm like it's in, like awe. And oh, I didn't like I was excited for this conversation, but it's just like, oh damn, like. It's cool because there's not many. This is a high compliment because you know how many people or have an idea probably of how many people I've interviewed and who I've interviewed. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely one of the most inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting like emotional because it is like just so real. And it's like really cool to like feel your like your heart and your experiences. And like we shared this a little bit yesterday. On your podcast, of like, um, you shared something about like, because you're the fear guy. I imagine it's hard to like express fear, and you're right, but I know that's the thing that transmutes it and lets people feel safe to do the same. And I shared with you of how, like, I don't want my son to feel like he can't be scared or he can't say the things, you know. And so I totally feel and believe you. In the sense that, like, I understand your conviction. And I feel like that's why it's so inspiring. It's like, like, I'm celebrating with you because I know what you've gone through and like where you are today. And like, even that therapy experience of celebrating, like, that's so cool. Cause usually we use therapy just to be like, all right, here's my shit again, which has its place, obviously. But for you to get to the place of celebrating and saying, like, I love where I'm at think like that's so freaking cool. And so I just love the example that you're setting of all the things, like your the circle on your wrist, which is actually just another cool example, right? Of it's all the human, you know, it's not just like, I'm this perfect coach who has it all together and you know, da da. da, da, da. It's like obviously, yes, there are still things like you just expressed like with relationships, right? And like repressing your knees and the fear of abandonment, like obviously. Um But so it's just really cool to be like, I can just feel like I'm in um, like with you at this time, it's like a complete catapult or like a rocket ship and everything has just like locked in and you're ready just to go. So it's really cool just to be like present in this moment. And I'm excited to watch you where you go from here.
1: Thanks, Ben. That means a lot to me. Thank you.
0: So welcome. Mm Wow. Well, I don't think much more needs to be said, ironically. Um, but I, I want to ask you the same question that you asked me. Is there anything else? You asked me that this at the end of your podcast. Is there anything that you'd like to say out loud that you haven't?
1: Yeah, it's more of like... um, It's like, it's what I keep telling myself every day. Okay, it's... Uh, it's... Uh... You're good. Like I I say to myself, you're good, Voss. I mean, I call myself obviously, but I say myself, Mm. you're good because my whole life, my biggest fear is that I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm a bad girl. I'm gonna do something wrong. I'm gonna piss somebody off. Mm. So I say to myself, like, chill, Voss, you're good. Like I talk like that to myself. That's the voice that I have with myself. It's like, you're good. You're good. Like, I gotta keep telling my and I don't mean good, like you're a good person. But it's like, you're all right. You're just, I don't like saying you're safe to me. I don't, I, I use safety because that is, a, that is a general word that I think all of us can resonate with, you know, safety. We know what that feels like, hopefully. But I say to myself, you're good. Like I speak to myself in the, I love the voice that I use with myself. And so here's what I want to say, my final words. Find the voice within you that's going to guide you, motivate you, be there with you. It's the it's like the voice of God within you. You know, find the holy voice within you. And that is the voice that you, is the only voice you need to listen to. I swear, you know, I, it, you do not really need anybody else. You do, but you don't. Take it, mm. but always consult back with the holy voice within, you know, that voice inside of me that's like, Vos, you're good. You're going to be okay. Or... Keep going, boss. You got this, or it's okay. You know, if you're tired, let's go to sleep. It's the voice that just wants what's best for me. And you know what? We all need someone that's going to have our back, ride or die, no matter what. And that's me. And that needs to be you for you. So, what does that voice sound like? What does that part of you want for you? Like, that's the voice you need to be tapping into the genius inside of you, the wise one inside of you, the wise knower inside of you. So, you have it. We all have it. And what I've been telling myself is, boss, you've always known you've always known. It's almost like I told you so to myself. And I freaking mm-hmm. love it. I love being right and being wrong at the same time. It's like, I thought I couldn't do it, but I did, but I always knew I could. So I'm just telling myself, it's like, boss, you always knew. And the gap between where you were, where, who you, where you've come from and who you are and who you want to be. It's just, I, I know that's where a lot of people, maybe you're in your audience or I know in my audience, it's like, they know they're on the brink. They're like, I'm right there. I'm right there. And I'm like, I know that feeling. And what honestly has worked for me is to continue speaking that part of myself out loud. The one, the part of you, that's like, you're right there. You're like, I'm right there. I'm right there. And like, let that voice speak, like speak from that voice. You know, like you're almost there, you know, you're almost there. And it, you, you feel like you're waiting for that moment where it's just going to click one day where you're like, I just want to be the person. You got to slow down because if you slow down enough, you might just start to see that you're like becoming that person. And you're like that person that you want to become is more you than you're giving yourself credit for. You know, I, I don't know if I said that in an articulate way, maybe not because I'm an external processor. But what I want everyone to know is you're, you're there. Like you're, you don't have anywhere to go to. You're like, you're here. So be here. Be here and appreciate the shit out of it because this version of you, you will never have again.
0: Amen. Mm-hmm. well, damn. Mm-hmm. Thank you. A million praise hands emojis. You know, heart, heart. Say it out loud. Tattoo all the things.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I'm so excited for people. Definitely go check out the book. Um, I'll put it in the description. What What is the date it comes out? Because this will come out for pre order. Pre order is already available. Correct.
1: Yes, and this book will be out May 16th.
0: May sixteenth. So go pre-order it. Obviously, you already know the the power of it. So imagine just having the the tools with you all of the time.
1: And and, that, and the the best part is when you pre-order the book. Um, you do get a bunch of bonuses and the best bonus, you know, other than meditations and mini courses that I've curated, I am hosting a Say It Out Loud book club for the month of June, where you and I, everyone who pre-orders, we're gonna get on and we're gonna do a crash course of this book, three chapters a week, boom skis. Everyone's gonna get a chance to speak, use their voice, use every, the, you know, all the things that I'm laying out in the book. And I'm gonna be there with you. So it's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: Wow. So everyone who purchases the book will do who gets to just do the book club with you in June. Yeah. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah. Speaking of bonuses, because we were talking about that yesterday in your podcast, that is indeed an awesome bonus. <laughs> that's not just more fluff. That's truly like, I can feel the meaning behind that. Yeah. Um, where can other people connect with you?
1: You can always follow me and connect with me on Instagram. My handle is my name is Vasavi. I'd really appreciate if you listen to this um, episode to actually send me a voice note. Use your mm. voice. I, I don't hate the DMs. Just, just do not tell me your life story. You know, send me like maybe up to two one-minute DMs. I can, I can handle that. A voice note, but I like to hear from everybody. So send me a voice note. Say, hey, I heard you on the Fear Guy. Thank you so much. Make sure you screenshot this episode and tag both the Fear Guy and myself, Ben and I, so we both know that you heard this episode and send us both a voice note um, on my Instagram and on Ben's and let us know that you loved today's show.
0: <sighs> I love that. Yeah, share it, tag it, share it with a friend. And again, if you haven't already subscribe, follow, leave a review, because I know, man, if you weren't touched by this, if you're still here, obviously you were. But when you leave a review, it really does help, rec- um, help it get recommended to other people who are interested in this stuff and who are searching for it. So man, Vasavi, thank you. This will be an iconic episode. Timeless. It is stamped. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.